Hello, Kingdom Culture family. I am Junia Hayashi, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. Thank you, Pastor Sean and Pastor Michelle, for putting this together and giving me the honor of being a part of this series that you're doing on powerful women in leadership. I feel so happy and honored to be a part of this. We love you guys, and many of you don't know, but you guys are family to us, to my husband, Teo Hayashi, and I. We love you dearly. And I want to start with a prayer, so if you will join me right now. Father, we thank you for everything that you want to do in us. I, I thank you, God, for everything that you want to say through me. And I pray that you would anoint me to say the right words. I pray that every heart would be surrendered to your will, that every heart would be surrendered to your Holy Spirit, that we would be led and guided by your Holy Spirit and really encounter what you want us to encounter this morning, God. We we are here to hear from you. Mark us this morning that we would never be the same again. Increase the hunger in our hearts for your presence and your word, God. We love you so much. We're here to know more about you. We're here to know you more. We're here to learn to love you better. So we're, we just say that we are here, God. Use us, Holy Spirit. Work in us. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's dive right into what God has for us this morning. And I just want to uh, take you to a little story. We have uh, two children, two boys, Zach and Koa. Koa is our funny one, like the clown of the family. He's the entertainer. And um, this one day I'm walking with him in this open mall. And then he's just like, look, mommy, look. And he's so excited. I'm looking at him and I'm looking around and I'm like, I don't see anything. What are you talking about, man? And then he's like, look. And then he's doing all these funny, weird things that he does. And then whenever he does that, we find it so funny because he's that character. But then I'm trying to figure out what is he talking about? Because he is very, um, very specific about this thing. And he's very uh, excited about this one thing that supposedly he's seeing. And if you know one thing about kids is if they tell you that they're seeing something, they for sure are. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure out what he's talking about. So I look at him and I, I realize that if I keep my perspective, I'm not really going to see what he's seeing. So I try to take my eyes a little lower and just like look around and see if I see something that I would find interesting if I was Koa, a two-year-old, three-year-old at that time, boy. So I'm looking and then I see the Hulk and then he's like, rah, rah. but where was the Hulk? He's in this vitamin shop and I'm looking like, cause he was looking straight at the vitamin shop and I'm like, what is that? Like, what is so interesting about that place? Because I mean, he's a three-year-old. It's a vitamin shop. Doesn't really make sense. Doesn't add up. So when I changed my perspective, I saw something that was very exciting very exciting for my, for my three-year-old. I saw the Hulk and he was so excited about it. And God started speaking to me at that moment. He started speaking to me about perspectives because many times I'm so, this is the place that I'm used to going 
I'm just used to, it's like right next to the grocery stores that we go to. I see it every day. I see it every time, but I had never seen the Hulk because the Hulk was lower in my, uh, in the, my, my, the grid that I had for everything that I was looking at. He was just like on the floor and my son could see it because he had a different perspective. I think you know where I'm getting. I remember this one time that T and I, Teo Hayashi, I call him T, we lost that one little small Apple TV control, you know, that like tiny one, very slim. And we looked through the whole house. We couldn't find it. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to buy another one because we can't find it. At that time we had Zach and Zach was even younger. He was probably not even two yet. And then we buy another TV control and then we go about our lives a year and a half, a year and a half later, I look, I don't know why, but I look into the subwoofer box that we had and, and I put my hand in it cause I, I thought I had seen something and as I put, and it was on the floor, right? Right. That perspective that I never ever think about looking and I put my hand in it and then I took it out. I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is our Apple TV remote control that I've been looking for almost two years. And I could not find it because I was not able to change my perspective and look through the eyes of a child. And many times God is speaking that to us. We have to change our perspective. And something that I feel like is even more strong in this story, in these two stories right now, is that I feel like God is speaking to all of us that we should keep a children's perspective about life, about things. If you are a father, if you're a mother, you know that kids forgive easily, that kids get over easily, that they just, they just change the subject so quickly that I'm like, how can you do it that quickly? But kids are so pure. They're so easy. They just, they're just like fresh and they're waiting to see something different and to see something new. And God started speaking that to me about the perspective and about having a kid's heart. And we know that the kingdom of God belongs to those that are like children with a pure heart, hope-filled, trusting heart that are just waiting to hear their daddy and their mommy saying, go there, do this, jump and I'll catch you. Or maybe they won't even say jump and they will jump, right? That's our koa. He just jumps. So we got to always be ready. And God is that one father for us. He's always ready for us to jump on him. But I just really feel like he's speaking that to us today. And in Matthew 18, 3 and 5, we, we can read this. Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Matthew 19, 14 says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So I just pray that we would, after this message that I'm sharing with, with you, that we would leave this moment more like children more um, prone to just believing and trusting and taking a leap of faith and choosing joy and forgiving and forgetting and moving on. 
So maybe you're looking at me and you're like, okay, Junie, I think that's awesome. I think that's an amazing thing to do. But I didn't have a parent like that in my life. And I had a, actually had parents that didn't really um, allow me to fully trust them because I never really knew they would be there to catch me. And I know that many of us experience that. But I want to tell you that you have a perfect father in heaven and that he can heal you and he wants to heal heal you from every wound of the past of a parent that wasn't there to catch you, that wasn't there to lead you, to guide you. God wants you to live a life completely surrendered to him, trusting that he'll be there for you, that he will take you, that he will lead you, that he will guide you, that he will show you the way that he'll be there for you. So let him change your perspective today. Let him heal your wounds, the wounds in your heart. And you might be like a grown up and you're like, mom, I don't think I'm going to go down that route again. And I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just quoting the Bible. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. We have to be like children so that we can actually enter and receive the kingdom of heaven in our hearts, in our lives. Does that make sense? So let God do that. Let him, let him change your perspective. Let him build up his, uh, faith inside of you. You know, you can ask for more faith, have faith in him. And just, you can also pray, Father, help me with my unbelief. And we see that in the Bible. If you have unbelief and lack of faith, just, just bring that to the Lord and pray that he would increase that in you. And I want to um, also encourage you to make choices that will, will actually show, show and reveal your values and your beliefs. Do you know, did you know that your choices, they will show people, they will portray what you believe in and what your uh, values are. So just grab a hold of that promise that you will inherit the kingdom of God. And I want to share with you from a story that you already know, probably you know about it, Numbers 13. So you can open your Bibles with me to Numbers 13. And it's going to talk to us a little bit about that. But I pray that it would really shock you, <laughs> that it would really hit you, that it would really uh, mark your heart this morning. So um, Numbers 13, I believe you already have your Bibles there with you. I'm going to read verses one and two, and it says the following, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone, a chief among them. And I want to I want to read again a few uh, words here. The Lord spoke to Moses, send men, I am giving you this land. So I changed a little bit of the words, but you get what I'm, what I'm saying here. Sometimes when we read the Bible, actually many times, all the time, when you read the Bible, pay attention to the verbs that God is using, pay attention to the commands that he's giving, pay attention to, to every little thing, even the commas and the periods just pay attention to everything because nothing is without an intent to it so the lord spoke to moses send men i am giving you a land and i wanna this is my number one my point one for you 
listen to God's instructions and follow them. As God speaks to Moses, he is saying two things. Send man. So I am speaking to you, Moses, and I'm telling you to act. Send men for I am giving you a land. This is my part, my promise. So God speaks to us. The Lord spoke and then he, he tells us to do something. We act and then he'll fulfill his promise. Because as you know, his promise is not about you and I. His promise is not about us getting like to a point in life, reaching something in life. His promise is about his kingdom being expanded here on earth and us getting him, getting the world ready for his returning, for Christ's returning. So we are, we get to be a part of all of his promise, of all of his plan. This is amazing. So when God speaks, you take action and he fulfills whatever he says. I'm, I'm going to say that again. God speaks, you take action and he fulfills the promise. The Lord spoke to Moses, send men. The Lord gives us an instruction, a direction, and he tells us to do something, send men. So whenever he speaks, he expects us to do something responding to that, because there's a specific instruction to that one specific thing that he's saying, send men, for I am giving you a land. I'm already giving you a land. Okay. So this is the promise. All that you have to do is do what I'm telling you to do. Take action. So I remember, uh, this one time I, I disciple a few, uh, ladies back from Brazil and some uh, not from Brazil, but, um, this one, and this one time, one of them asked me about our Dunamis farm story. I don't know if you've, if you've heard about it, but it's a crazy miracle story. I don't have time to go into details, details, but God just really, um, showed up in a crazy way. And we do never want to forget that. Don't ever forget what God did for you and through you. So she was like, tell me about that story. Like, how was it for you guys? And I remember telling her the simplest thing God said, we took action and he did it. She's like, is that it? Yeah. God spoke. We did something on that word. If you have a word from God, do something about it. So we just acted and then he did the rest. So we just did the natural part and he did the supernatural. And we see this, like the Dunamis farm is just such a it's such a reminder of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's promises, God's love towards us that we're like, we could never have, um, attained some such a thing if it was through our own talents and our capability, just like we, we wouldn't be able to do that, but it was God's word that made it possible. He spoke, we took action. He did it. Okay. Second thing here in this, like getting instructions from God, I really want to encourage you to submit your life to a leadership that you know that loves the Lord and follow their instructions. Why? Because there's something, something comes upon leaders in your life, mentors in your life, that they'll be able to see things and actually see the blueprint that you can't really see, but they have the grace of God for that because they're helping God in leading your life. 
So find those people and trust them. Numbers 13 verses 17 through 20. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan because Moses was obeying God's word. And he said to them, go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell there um, are good or weak or strong, whether they are few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are trees in it or not. So Moses is like, Okay, God spoke, I'm taking action, he'll fulfill it. So I'm taking action. This is the action part. He received instruction from God and he is telling um, the ones that he lead to go and take that action. So those, those men, they're submitting to Moses because they believe in what Moses uh, is doing. They believe that he listens from, listens from the Lord. So he sends them to spy the land that God had already given them and the spirit. And he says, go up into the Negev and go into the hill. They're spying. They're going up it, it, just like in the cracks of the, the rocks and just looking. And it's like, Go spy the land and see how it looks like. If it's good or bad, see what it is like. See the people that live in it. See if there's many or few. Just just go and analyze the whole city because God has already given us that city, but we got to go because he told us to go. And then he says in the final verse, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now I tell, I ask you something, Moses knew what they were going to see there. So he knew that they had to tell them, be of good courage, because he knew that they would see the hard parts, that they would see the difficulties, that they would see some weird stuff in there, but they had to keep their courage, be of good courage and do what? Bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And that's why my, my, my message title today is Grapes or Giants? Because of this one part right here. It was the season of the first ripe grapes. Be of good courage. Get some uh, of the fruit of the land. Because I know that right now it's actually time to reap those grapes. Go see the land, be of good courage. So he has given instructions to those that are following him. So my number, my second point here is be of good courage and keep the evidence. What, Trinia? The evidence of what? Hold on. If we look at that verse, he is telling them to be of good courage and keep the fruit of the land. So you grab it and you keep it and you bring it back. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason, very specific and powerful reason for that. Whenever you're about um, to, to go into, whenever you're about to see a miracle of God and uh, a breakthrough of God, you have to believe of what, in what he's going to do. And then right after a miracle, he always leaves us proof of that miracle. Does that make sense? 
So it was already a miracle that God was giving them that land and they just believed for it. So they go, they, they're sent and they're spying the land and they have to bring back with them the evidence of the promise. They have to bring back with them the evidence of the promise of God being fulfilled. Be of good courage, take some of the fruit of the land and bring it back. Keep the evidence of what God is going to do. God always leaves us proof of the miracle after the miracle happens. So keep your eyes open and alert to see and to value the leftovers. And with that word, I want to take you, you don't have to open it, but um, John 6, 12 and 13, we know the story about the multiplication of bread and fish. And I want to read these two verses. And when they had eaten their fill, he, whole, he told the, his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. They just experienced a crazy miracle with God. They just experienced 5,000, but some people that study, they say that it was about 15,000 people if you were to count men, women, and children. And by the way, that miracle happened through the hands, it started through the hands of a child or a mom that packed that child's lunch, sent that kid with that little thing inside their lunchbox, and the kid is like, okay, I got something for you. They believed for it, kind of, but they were all trying to believe. And then Jesus looks at it, thanks for, looks to heaven, thanks for the miracle that's about to happen that didn't take place yet. And as the disciples are, uh, um, they're giving people the bread and the fish, they see the miracle happening through their hands. But it all started with that mom. It all started with that kid that were both not counted in that story as part of the ones that were fed. Interesting, huh? So if you're not being counted somewhere in your life, just know that God counts on you. He counts you in and he counts on you. Okay, so they are experiencing something here. They see this crazy miracle happening. The 12, okay, 12 disciples. And they're gathering everything that was left, uh, the leftovers. So God, Jesus, he tells them, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. Even the leftovers, they are not just whatever you can throw them out. No, nothing is to be lost. Gather it up. Because nothing is to be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets. Because when God does something, he leaves the evidence of that miracle for each and everyone that participated in it. There were 12 disciples and there were 12 baskets remaining. 12 leftover baskets. Leftovers that were not to be lost. That were not to be just left there. God has something to do through those leftovers. And when, even when we look at the Old Testament, we see that whenever God's people experienced um, 
a breakthrough, a miracle from God or encounter from, uh, with God, they would build up altars. They would dig wells. Why? Because they needed to remember. They marked the places so that they could remember what the Lord had done. And if we look to the story of the Jews, we notice one thing. They never forget. They always remember what the Lord did. They gather around, they gather around food, they get together, and the stories are told from generation to generation about, about what God has done for them. You and I, we have to keep that tradition going. We have to keep on telling our children and our children's children about what God has done, about all that he has ever done for us, through us, to the generations before us. We have to remember and keep telling the stories. So after the miracle, there's always something that will make you question God's character and provision. That's why he leaves us the fragments of the leftovers. That's why he's like, don't waste it. Keep it. There's, there's something coming that you're going to have to remember what I did. There's difficulties. There's adversities that are going to come your way. And you have got to have something in your hand that will make you remember that I have already broke, broken through. That I have already done a miracle. For you to get from one miracle to the next, there's a weight. And in that weight, there might come doubts. There might come things that will, we will kind of question, ah, is he really going to come through this time? But we believe, yes, we have leftovers that remind us of everything that he's done. And we grab onto them. We grab onto the fruit of that land that he's already promised he was going to give us so that we can actually enter the next miracle and the next breakthrough. Keep the leftovers so you can remember John 6, 18, right after all the multiplication, the sea became rough because of a strong wind that was blowing. So this, the sea was rough and they were like, ah, what's going on? Oh my goodness. And they're like, they, they don't get it. But they had the 12 baskets with them that could remind them that if God did it once, he can do it again. If God did it once, he can and he will do it again. Can you believe that? Can you truly believe with your heart that if it did it once, if it did it for your brother, if it did it for your sister, if it did it for a, 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 someone, a relative that you love, if it did it for someone that you know, can you believe that he will do it for you and through you? So just keep the evidence, keep the evidence of the last miracle. Be of good courage. There's storms coming your way, but keep the evidence so that through that storm, you still believe that God will do it. Keep the courage, the fire in your eyes, that hope-filled faith. If there's opposition, I tell you this, pay attention to this. If there is opposition, that means you're advancing and gaining territory. Whenever you're advancing the kingdom of God and you're gaining new territory, there's, you can't help but having opposition. 
And it's not because it is coming against you. It's because you are going against them. We are going. We are advancing. We are gaining territory. Keep up the good work and believe that if there's opposition, it's because you are advancing. So keep courage and keep the evidence. Keep the good courage and keep the evidence of the miracle. And the last thing that I want to share with you is protect your faith. So they are there. God speaks, send men. Moses takes action. The men take action and God's going to fulfill it. But between the sending them and seeing the fulfillment, there's a time that you have to keep your faith on. So protect your faith. There's storms that are going to come. There's things that might make you doubt, but you keep on believing the word of God. You know that he spoke, so he will. He spoke, so he will. He will do it. But protect your faith in that process. Numbers 13, I'm going to start with verse 27. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. So these are the spies coming back and sharing with Moses what they saw. It really flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Okay. So yes, we did what you told us, Moses. It really truly flows with milk and honey. That means it's awesome. It's amazing. It's like, that it's the promised land because it's pretty awesome. And here it is. Here's the fruit of the land that you told us to grab. You know, here's the evidence that the miracle will be fulfilled. So we did everything that you do, but you know what we're going to do now? We are going to add this one part that we should not be adding. And that is the human unbelief, the human word. However, I tell you this, if God tells you something, do not put a however in that story. Do not put any, any word that will make you doubt. We came to the land which you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. Let's go get it. This is what we have to do. This is what we have to say. But many times, you know, that in our lives, we just add that however, and that however just brings the whole faith down. You know, when you're in your, when you're in a room full of faith and you can feel it and you believe for everything and anything that the Lord tells you, you're just like, yes, I'm so filled with faith right now. I believe. But then that one drop of unbelief comes and you're like, However, let me see, let me see the perspective. Actually, I'm keeping this perspective and it, I, it doesn't really seem like it's going to happen. You know, I'm looking and I'm actually seeing more against this than for us. So they, they say, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. So the faith is just like being crumbled. And besides another word that they should, they should not have added. Besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. But Caleb in verse 30 but Caleb quieted the people. And you know what? In Portuguese, that version, it actually, there's a word that is, that goes like, Eia! and I like it. It's not a word that we use today, but it's a word that I just added to my vocabulary because it just stops everything. Everyone looks at you with a like, 
kind of doubting what you're doing. Like, Aya, what is that sound? It doesn't even sound like a human thing for you to say. Aya. But Aya is something that will stop. And it's kind of like, it's going to shock you a little bit. Aya. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, so you as a Canadian or wherever you're from, you can use that word too. Aya, stop with the unbelief. Aya, stop with the however and the besides. Aya, stop with bringing opposition to what God has already spoken to us. There's already opposition that's going to come our way. We're believing with God for what he wants to do through us. So Aya, stop it. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. And then the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against those people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak who come from the Nephilim and we seem to over uh, and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seemed to them so they keep on bringing the lack of faith protect your faith be like Caleb and just scream that weird word that you just learned today aya and just like Caleb quiet the people around you and just say let us go up at once and occupy it for we, we will be able to overcome it because God has spoken. You know, we have to believe what God has, has been telling us without putting a however or a besides into the story. You remember uh, the story of the woman with the issue of, of blood that uh, Jesus is uh, he's in the city and then someone comes to him, a father desperate. Can you come and pray for my daughter? She's really sick. So he's going in the process in the way someone touches him who touched me because I felt virtue leaving me. I felt something happening. Who touched me? And then everyone's like, Jesus, everyone's touching you. This is like, there's so many people here. No, 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 no. Someone touched me with faith. Protect your faith. Someone touched him with faith. No one believed what that woman believed in, but she believed in it. That's why she was quiet and she was coming and believing that God, Jesus would be able to heal her if she would only touch his garments. So that happens. And he, he says to her, woman, your faith, your faith has made you well go. It was a public public crazy healing that happened. And then right after, so he had the evidence. So stay with me. Jesus was fully man in the way that he operated. Even if he was fully God in his nature, because he never stopped being God. He was still God. But when he was on earth as a man, he operated as a man. So he sees a miracle. The father does a miracle through him. The Holy Spirit touches that woman. She is healed from 12 years of bleeding. 
And then he's going to go and pray for a 12-year-old girl. But then the opposition comes and tells him, you know what? You're too late. She died already. She passed away. And then Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Everyone, fear has just taken over. Faith has been completely brought into the ground, just like those pies. No, 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 we can't take up this land. It's too hard for us. Look at these people. Yes, we do have the evidence of the miracle, but we can't believe for it because of the great opposition. Oh, you just touched this woman that everyone knew could not be healed. No one could heal her. But you know what? Maybe you, you, you're not going to be able to touch this little girl. They had the evidence right in front of them, the leftovers that are not to be lost, that are not to be wasted, that are not to be left behind, that we have to take with us the leftovers of the last miracle. They're important. The leftovers of the promise that God has given us. It is important. Grab onto them and believe for the next step. So Jesus, in that story, he says, do not fear only believe. Shh, we're going to shush every fear here. Only believe. And he allowed no one to come with him but Peter, James, and John. Jesus was protecting his faith just like you and I have to. Because as I said, he was fully God in his nature, but he was operating fully as a man like you and I, depending on the Holy Spirit. So, Aya, no, stop with the unbelief. Do not fear. Let's go up at once and occupy. Let's go. Just believe. Just believe. And he allowed only three people to come with him. Everyone else, everyone else, he put them, he, he, he told them to go. Do not follow me. I don't need your lack of faith. I don't need your fear to be here with me. I don't need the atmosphere. You have to get the atmosphere ready for the breakthrough. You have to get the atmosphere ready for the miracle to happen. Just like Jesus, a few, uh, a few moments back when I said, that about, he's about to see the multiplication of loaves and fish. What does he do? He changes his perspective, you know, just like I had to with Koa to see what he was seeing. He changes his perspective and he makes the room. He gets the atmosphere ready. He looks up and gets the perspective from above and he lets go of all fear. He shushes all fear. I believe in the one that's going to multiply. So get the atmosphere ready to see the miracle happening and taking place. So he was making it ready. Peter, James, and John followed him. And I believe that in that walk, they were reminding Jesus of all the other miracles that he had already seen. They were reminding Jesus, hey, Jesus, don't forget you did this. Don't forget that happened. Don't forget the Holy Spirit came upon you and made sure that everyone knew that you, especially you, that you knew that you were the Son of God and that you were called for this. Hey, Jesus, we are here to prepare the way, to get the atmosphere ready for you to perform the next miracle. We are believing with you. Protect your faith. 
in the process of seeing the next miracle, of seeing what God's going to do in you and through you, you have to protect your faith. And then as the story goes on, Jesus is going to the little girl. You see that people are laughing at him because he's saying, why are you guys like that? She's not dead. She's just sleeping. They laughed at him and he put them all outside. Jesus put them all outside. He was like, I don't need any fear here. Once more, the first moment that he did that was, don't follow me. The only ones allowed to follow me are the ones that are going to believe with me. Peter, James, John, come on. And then at this moment, he's like, all of you, you're mocking me. You're, you have a lot of fear. You, you have a lot of doubts. You don't trust it. So get out. Woo, yes. Jesus put them all outside. The Bible says the word outside. So they were inside so that they would go outside. He put them all outside because he needed a faith-filled atmosphere for the miracle to take place. So protect your faith. Put faithless people outside and allow only those who believe to stand with you. And then he saw that little girl. He, he looked at her, Talitha Kumi. She got up, she rose and he was like, give her something to eat. Now she needs to eat. So they saw a miracle happening. And going back to our main story, Numbers 14, verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel and Joshua. So Moses and Aaron, they're like, we can't. There's so much lack of faith with this people. They're always doubting that God will come through, that God will break through, that God will do what, everything that he has already done before, that he'll break through for them again. They can't believe. Oh, my goodness. They just fall on their faces. And Joshua. And then you repeat it. You repeat with me. And Joshua. They are there and they're brokenhearted, but Joshua rose up and he, he said to the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. Hey, people, listen to me. The land that we passed through is surely exceedingly good. It's an exceedingly good land. Pay attention to this. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. And a land that flows milk and honey, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed, removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So Moses and Aaron fell on their faces, but Joshua, he takes a stand. He takes a stand and he tells to the whole congregation, for sure that land is good, just as Moses told us it was. And for sure, the Lord will give it to us just as he spoke that he would do. He spoke, we did, we acted, he will do. Just believe, protect your faith. He will bring us into the land and give it to us. The only two things that we cannot do is rebel against Lord and fear the people. 
We have to fear our God. So in the process of you going to the next miracle that God's going to do through you for his name to be glorified, for his story to be told, for his name to be exalted, for the world to know that Jesus is Lord, King, and Savior, for that miracle to take place so that the world will know that Jesus is Savior, you have to believe in him. You have to protect your faith. You have to keep the people that don't believe put them outside keep them away and bring with you Peter, James, John who are the Peter, the James and the Johns in your life that will remind you of God's faithfulness as you're believing for the next miracle as you're believing for the next breakthrough who are the people that need to be with you walk with you to believe for the next big thing that God's going to do. I tell you this, you have to love everyone, but you're going to build with some. You're not going to build with everyone. We're go you're going to build with some that are faith-filled just like you. Protect your faith so that you can go into the promised land and see what God is going to do through you. So if you close your eyes, Father, I thank you for everything that you spoke to us this morning. And I pray that we would be filled with faith, filled with faith to believe everything that you want to do in us, through us, God. We want to be a part of your story. Whatever you're doing, God, in the world, in the season, don't, don't let us not be a part of it. Please, God, put us inside your plan. Make us a part of your plan. We want to be a part of everything that you're doing in the world right now, God. Change our hearts. Change our perspectives. God gives us a hope-filled heart a faith-filled heart that just believes that the Father is that good, that the Father will guide us, that the Father will lead us, that the Holy Spirit will be with us. God, heal our hearts, heal our wounds from any father issues, from any mother issues as well, God, so that we could take leaps of faith and believe that you will break through because your breakthrough, God, is for your glory. It's not for our own glory. It's for your glory. And we are here on this earth in only one mission, God, to know you, to love you, and to make you known to every tribe, every nation, and every tongue, God, that everyone will confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior. So use our lives, send us, fill us with hope, give us the leftovers so that we believe for what you're going to do next, God, we love you and we want to build with you and for you. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Enlarge our capacity to love you. Enlarge our capacity to believe and to have faith, God. Give us even more faith and teach us how to protect our faith. Teach us who the Peters, the James, and the Johns are to be with us and build with us so that your kingdom come, that your name would be exalted, and that every tribe, tongue, and nation, everyone would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would be filled with faith, that you would be filled with love, that you would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you.